I ended up getting uh, between Manitoba and Alberta about a dozen schools that had this issue and they hired me to manage payment plans for them. So that's what started in 2003. And so it was uh, at the time it was called 30 to 90. It was tuition management. And I would, they would literally, it was hilarious. You guys, we talk about all our tech now. They would fax me tuition payment plans and I'd hand bomb them into uh, the different online portals for the different banks based on they created users for me, depending on which bank they processed with. And they all wanted to pre-authorize debits because they didn't want to pay the 3% of tuition because it's thousands of dollars and they just didn't want to give that up. So I got to know the Canadian banking system quite well within the PAD realm and, and realized that, boy, this is, uh, there, there's an easier way to do this. It, it's a classic case of the banks that they have, it's very, it's, it's good for enterprise, but it's one of a million services they offer and they don't do it that well and it's complicated. I'm like, well, why don't we just do this? And I started using another third party in the early days. And uh, one of my clients who became a friend of mine says, you should just buy that company and start a payment processing company and do your own payments. So you're, that was always a, a pain point because I'd have to learn RBC and then cash management system and then TD and then whatever credit union uh, they were on depending on the school and and so uh and i was like so far beyond my dreams of saying like okay i'm not going to buy that company but it planted a seed to say like once i understood how the money actually moved and how the system moved and that this third party could do it well there's no reason why i can't do it so in order to scale that business because everybody was still faxing in their payment plans to me we were going to build some online software and uh and to run this business. And we said, you know what? We'll just become our own processor for this. And why don't we build it in such a way that others can just self-service, do their own payments. So we'll, our focus wasn't even payments, but it was like kind of an ancillary secondary service for us to do uh, payment processing on, on the side. And, and so that was 2010 when that happened. And uh, you know, you fast forward, uh, 11 years and here we are and now I'm 99% payment processing and I actually still have almost all those same clients and we still do that service but Rotessa shifted into a payment processing company and so it was quite organic where we just were needing a solution for ourselves and uh, lo and behold there was other small businesses that said oh there's there's got to be an easier way and, and Rotessa mm -hmm. was the answer for them so we feel super super fortunate and blessed to to be able to have uh, helped them out. That's a, that's a the pretty tool, amazing story. Yeah, so the, the tool has really, really evolved too. Like you've, you've had so many enhancements lately and it's yeah. You now have so micro payments and like, you can just like people yeah. just go into your website. They don't even need to like before back in the day, they had to like figure out all the numbers off their check and no one ever knows like yeah. what those numbers are or where to get them. And that was a bit of a, a process. You guys have made it so simple now. Like it's as simple yeah. as logging into their bank. Yeah, the authorization it, process is great because now I just send them a little notification. Here's here's what you need to do, and I don't even know what happens on their end, but I get a notification a little while later saying you're all ready to go, and it's just that simple. Um, now we were talking about saving money, Andrew. You mentioned earlier. You know, we talk about credit card fees and everything, and three percent plus. It's more than that. You know, per transaction especially on the smaller stuff. But, um, you know, we, uh, Greg and I had a conversation earlier this week. We were talking about our, our mutual friend, Chad Davis with Live oh, yeah. CA. And I, I think it was on, I think it was on Rotessa's website. Um, he said he was saving, and we know that Chad's a big fish. I mean, he's got a lot of clients. He's saving $17,000 a month by going to Rotessa over credit card. Yeah, that's a lot of money in anyone's world, you know, yeah. big, small. That's a, that is quite the so we can work so backwards far. from that to figure out what Chad's revenue is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have said that, Chad. But, you know, I well, can I bet, only I bet knowing Chad, it's doubled since that was posted. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. got such a scalable business there. But yeah, it's just it's and that's what I love about it. In fact, I really, really steer my clients that direction. Now I give them incentives to do it better discounts on software. Um, if you go with that, 
And um, it just, it just makes my life easier. One of the biggest things I have to spend time doing every month is clients' cards expire or they decline for whatever reason and you got to chase it down and then you get the, you know, you got to deal with it. Or if it's just coming out of the bank account, it's just always going to come uh, out of the bank account. It's better, but it's not foolproof, right? We still have those bounced uh, PADs yeah, and then you I get charge them. Them for that. Well, yeah, yeah, you charge yeah. Them, but it's still a process, right? Yeah, um, yeah, a little you know, bit. I wonder but what I love about it is just raise an invoice for the NSF fee and then Rotessa pays it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Unless it bounces again. Then Unless you it bounces again. Um, yeah. As a client anyways. Yeah. Well, I would imagine that back in the day when you started doing payment processing for the universities, they're probably the worst the worst people most likely to like bounce a check. At least Students, for our business yeah. clients, generally speaking, they, they hopefully have money in the account and it doesn't happen Usually. all that often. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking back on that, boy, it's hard to know what the metrics were and didn't track that per se back then. But uh, yeah, it's uh, there always there's always a challenge for those university students to scrape by, and and the whole premise of that was there's a lot of cases where these university students have most of the money, and these universities are turning them away. The one the bigger universities and saying, well, I mean, if you're a thousand dollars short, maybe mom and dad can do a payment plan. Cash flow has become such a big thing, right? I mean, you you look at the uptake of all these payment plans through your credit card and, you know, I mean, there's a ton of them now. But um, yeah, it's, it's remarkable how much uh, impact uh, that's had moving forward, right, with, with the students and, and, but, and learning what that, the pain points are. Yeah, I remember back in university, you know what my cash flow strategy was? <laughs> When I got when I got to the end of the month, I would buy my friends their beer or pizza or whatever it was on my credit card and get cash from them so that I could go to the bar. <laughs> that was my cash flow strategy. Like, okay, I could pay that later. <laughs> I'll get you beer tonight. You give me some cash so I can go out to the bar. <laughs> I was kind of fortunate. I went to the University of Calgary. Of course, I live in Calgary and I still lived at home. And I had a, a part-time job at at Safeway, the retailer, and we were the most we were overpaid part-time people in the in the um, city. So I was fortunate. Um, it didn't really teach me to put a lot of the money away when I should have, because it was like you got paid every Thursday in cash. So your bank was. Oh yeah, your remember wallet. that you used to get those little envelopes? They pay you in cash back yeah. then. Right? Well, well, no, you could cash it. They would give you a check, and you could take it and put it in the bank. <laughs> Or you could just get Safeway to cash it for you right there, and you'd hand them the check, sign it over, and they would just hand you the cash. I remember which is some a bad first, thing because my because first your bank account bakery, was effectively cash. Well, it's well, this was that's the way it worked. Is you could you could get cash anyways. Cash. Um, your your bank was essentially your wallet, and your savings were whatever was left over from the week before <laughs> yeah. would carry over to the following week. So it was like a week to week thing. It was yeah. it was bad. We were spoiled rotten. And, oh, and, uh, and financially illiterate, right? I remember oh, yeah. I, I the first time I used a money mart, I thought it was the best thing in the world. Now I look back and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, what was I doing? I was like, <laughs> I can get my money now? Okay, I'll yeah. give you $20 or whatever it was, which was a, such a huge percentage, right? Yeah. But I was so, I was just like focused on the here and the now, not the, what is this costing me? Yeah. How is this working? Um, and, you know, when you're a kid, it's all disposable income for the most part, right? Like you're saving up um for university but for your beer yeah you're saying that for your beer right um but how we've progressed now to think that we're actually coaching clients on how to money, manage their money and cash flow and um finances and 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 it's just it's such an interesting space working with what you're doing with payments because you know we had um um a guest on last week from relay financial who's doing you know sort of modern banking but you're dealing Greg, with Greg you must know Yusuf you know Yusuf West he's to be you with know, a hubdoc I, I, so I haven't been in, I haven't met him in person no but he like he's he's on the opposite end of the spectrum of the Canadian banks right who are just these yeah. legacy systems that are you know um stuck in the past and and you know I was talking actually with one of my clients about why that is and that's basically because they've got these mainframe systems that literally our legacy and the cost of changing and transitioning them over makes any change, you know, very, very difficult. No. Um, but like, 
how do you see the banking and payment processing uh, systems for Canada evolving? And, and what are the fundamental difference between the U.S., which instead of like pre-authorized debit, are you using this ACH stuff? And like it's 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 a completely different banking system down there, right? Yeah, I mean, we have the big five here and, and for them, they just have, you know, thousands of banks and, and it's uh, the regulation is 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 not the same, right, in terms of, of the way it's fundamentally run. And I, and I think that's been an advantage for, for pre-authorized debits in Canada that uh, there's more uh, in sync that all the, the banks agree to this and, and all provide this service. That is something as Canadians that most of us in the last 10 years are very used to, like they could name four or five bills that come out through pre-authorized debit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and in the States there, yeah, it runs on the ACH network, which runs very similar to the Canadian uh, side. The, the rules are, are quite similar. Um, there's, there's some nuances, but fundamentally it's still on a batch network uh, where there's deadlines and you have to schedule it in advance and, uh, and allows the business to initiate the payment, right? That's fundamentally, those, those things are the same. Um, I think from a consumer point of view, there is, it's, it's, they haven't grown up with it as closely. Uh, it's been credit cards and it's, it's incredible how many checks are still being written in the US. And, and you know, it's interesting. It was just a couple of years ago, my son had a baseball tournament in the States and I went down there and it was, uh, I was, went to the canteen. It was a fairly well-run like uh, organization as far as the canteen. It was pretty big, but not like crazy. It was still community level. And uh, I said, like, you take credit card? And they said, no, but if you have a check, we'll take your check. <laughs> I'm like, you don't know me from Adam and you're going to take a check for, yeah. like, I mean, it's 10 bucks or whatever it was, but it's like, first of all, who carries around a checkbook at a baseball game, right? That's hilarious to me. Uh, but it's still fundamentally like on a consumer level that there's a lot of things that, and unfortunately is probably a, uh, a little bit of a misconception of, of the consumer rights and how they're actually protected from um, unauthorized transactions and so on. So um, the systems are, are super similar, but it's that adoption is, is quite in, in our, um, in our experience is quite far behind the Canadian market and PADs. And they, and you were saying they've sort of leapfrogged to sort of like more like these Venmo apps and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, so how do how do the Venmo apps work? Are they working off the ACH system in the background, or how? Like- yeah, yeah, exactly. So that would be more of an e-wallet situation where you're loading up your wallet through, you know, probably a pad, um, and then you have a balance there, and then you can go ahead and and in real time exchange money with friends. And that's more of, more of a peer to peer type of situation there. And there's a business element to Venmo as well, but. Um, it's more, you know, loading up this wallet and then distributing the money within the network, right? Right. Once it's inside their network, they can do it same day yeah, because it's yeah. not going outside the network. Yeah, exactly. And it's that it's when it goes outside the network that you have these settlement dates yeah. um, and these batch processings, um, which is the only downside to to PAD. It does take a little bit longer mm-hmm. um, to to get paid. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not weeks. It's not months, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a couple of days. What's, and what's you know what? the, it's a whole lot shorter than sending out an invoice and waiting for your customer oh, yeah. to initiate the payment, right? Like when you think Absolutely. of it in those terms, you know, you think, well, if I get paid within 30 days, I'll be fired up and, and my receivables are good. Well, then you know, paid. Four or five business days isn't too bad when you guarantee it's dependable. It's going to be on that time. Right. So, um, it is, and that's part of the nature of it. People don't understand that, um, the people that are new to it don't understand that there's a clearing process that takes two to three business days where the rejections that because of the way that the banks talk to each other, and that's improved, that's actually sped up in the last couple of years, just with some improvements from Payments Canada that allows them, uh, the banks to, um, they're, they're, they're doing a sell or they're doing uh, transactions three times a day now. So, but it sometimes takes two to three days to get our, uh, um, our notifications if it is rejected. And then we do a settlement of course to our, our customers. Right. And do you, do you see that changing to something like blockchain and, and 
moving a lot faster or just the banks in Canada just so, like we talked about earlier with these legacy systems, that's just not anytime yeah. in the future. So part of the uh, Payments Canada initiative is uh, a new system. It's a new rails that is called real-time rails. And that is going to essentially be like Interact, um, where it's irrevocable funds up to, I think they said $25,000. And that's a new payment. But again, that's initiated by um, uh, the person paying. And so um, it's going to have, it's going to be interesting. It's not going to be as cost effective as the back process with PADs. And businesses can initiate that it won't be right so that's always fundamentally that we look at it to say like right. our, our our big value prop is is we talked about you guys talked about the flat rates right you know when you're paying as low as 30 cents instead of three percent that adds up really quickly when you're doing any kind of volume and, and transaction amounts over a hundred dollars it, it totally makes sense um so and i think from from a uh, blockchain and, and some of that world of crypto and things like that. Um, I, I, I personally don't see it um, jumping to that. I think we're, I think that use case will be a little bit different. Um, I think, but again, who knows that's what the future holds, but I don't see it happening. I see how long it's taken us to get to where we're at today. And I know things are speeding up, but uh but uh, I think this real-time Rails has some interesting elements that I think consumers will really like, but it still doesn't really solve kind of like getting paid on time, that fundamental part of the business being able to initiate the payment. So, um, that's, and that's huge, Greg. That yeah. point that you, you bring up is huge because it's that initiation. And it's an education part. You know, anyone who's listening out there saying, oh, I don't want to ask my customer. It's like, I don't even ask. I, I tell them that these are my, my policies is that you have to secure a payment method, either a credit card or Rotessa. And I always steer them to Rotessa because I have an opportunity to talk about the product, tell them what it's all about, because I want them to consider it for their own business because mm-hmm. it is a great tool. And then when they get to see it in action and use it, and I don't give them that option because once I have control of it, they know that when I send them an invoice, the money's coming out in, in a couple of days. So you better have it there. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, you don't even have to think about it. And that's the thing I love about it is, is, is the initiation part, because that's a problem that so many people have in this world and small business is you do the work, you send the bill, and then you fret over when you're going to get paid. Oh, I don't want to ask them for the money. Why the heck not? It's your money. You earned it. And if you have it in your agreement saying, this is what I'm going to do. If they don't want to sign that and agree to a payment method, do you want that customer? Now, Mm. Greg, you and I had this conversation the other day. You can't turn a big client away that has their own terms because they've got that power to say, no, we pay net 30 and that's just the way it's going to be then you have to consider it. But most of the clients- That's where come in, right? Yeah, exactly. It's (laughs) just kind of like, I have the ability to control the narrative on how I am going to get paid. It's my policy that I get paid when I want to. It's in my agreement. We don't even discuss it. I don't even start work until they've ticked off or they've, they've done the Rotessa thing or they've sent me back my credit card form. It's such an easy thing to do. I've been doing this. Like I was just doing credit card only up until recently. And I had a few Rotessas in there. But then, Greg, I was telling you that um, I had a, you know, I have some software subscriptions in there and we were having a fee increase. So I reached out to everybody and said, guess what? Fee increase. So here's the deal. I'm going to let you hold on to your legacy discount you negotiated with me. And go on PAD. but there's a condition <laughs> you can hold on to that legacy amount, which is as high as my cost. So it's, I'm not making a dime. You can hold on to that. If you use Rotessa, if not, you're paying, you're getting a 15% flat discount and I'll take your credit card. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like it, so many of my clients said, well, I want to keep the discount. I'm going to do this thing. So it was a great way to get them onto the platform mm-hmm. and also test it for me. And just realize 
now it's just a no brainer. I'm able, able to educate my clients as I'm going and say, here's why you should use this. It's really cool. Try it out. I think you'll like it. Yeah. So, but then there's I'd- the Andrews of the world that are making all these points and you can tell they're like, no, 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 I'm going to use my credit card. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm every, every time I'm looking at that, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to get three points for every dollar I spend. <laughs> so uh, you're going to have to give me more than that in value in order for me to switch. And I, that was my next question, Greg, is like, you've already, obviously, you know, you've got hundreds, if not thousands of clients who have hundreds of thousands of clients. Mm-hmm. Have you seen any successful strategies for converting over clients who are on credit card over to PAD? Is it like one time, like I'll, you know, here, I'll give you an iPad if you switch over to, right, yeah. you know, PAD. Like, cause yeah. I'd love to learn, cause I, I still have quite a few clients who are still on credit card and we push everyone to like go on PAD. We haven't gone so far as to offer like a cash incentive yet yeah. uh, to do that, but it's something we're exploring cause I still have way too many clients on credit card. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And and over the years, what I would say to that is the best strategy is what Brad was talking about in the onboarding process. When you say, we'd love to do business with you. Here's our, here's our, here's how we're going to do it. And when you don't even offer anything but that, it's actually, I think we underestimate people that they're not coming in looking at, I'm only going to do this deal. I only want to do business with you guys if I can do a credit card. Like at the end of the day, the value is, is like, I want to do business with you. And then you set up the payment terms to say, okay, we do it all on pre-authorized debit. Here's the authorization form, or you send them a link or whatever you do, you don't see them in person. And so I think from an onboarding strategy, that's where it's easiest to switch people. Once they've had it yeah. is always the tough part, right? Yeah. And, and I think well, I was too- fortunate because I had a defining event. It was Intuit announced their fee increase on this date. I sent out a a communication to all my clients and said, here's what's going on. And most people jumped on it right away. They signed up for Retessa within hours of that email going out. Others um, didn't say a word and they started, they went from discounts as high as 50% off and they got their 15%. And some of them came back and says, Hey, why, why'd my software increase? It's like, well, you didn't open you your email. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I, I had a little grace period in there where I let people that still want it, but you know what? The people that stayed on credit card, I didn't care because my margin increased. It, it, it actually brought some margin back. I've, I've got metrics that show that starting on whenever that was, was April of this year, I believe. Yeah, my, my software margins went up because a lot of people just chose to stay on credit cards. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to offer you a lesser discount. Yeah. So yeah. It's just um, how you frame it, I think. And, uh, but new clients, I definitely tried the Rotessa side because it gives me an opportunity to, to give them a little spiel while we're going through the process. And a lot of them say, yeah, yeah it seems easy enough. And it, you know, I'm, the onboarding part is so simple now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a little trickier before because you know I had to get their information or get them to fill it in. But now it's just yeah, they had to figure out where those num- where those numbers were. They they had a form which was nice, but they had to figure out where those numbers were on their check. Which well, you guys I've do a pretty so good many job. Cases where they, they yeah they would send it back wrong, you know, yeah. or they yeah. wouldn't put the right format in. And wrong transit number. It was always that goddamn transit number, wasn't it? <laughs> or they're missing a zero. And some banks do it weird the way they number transits. They make uh, numbers invisible. You know, they all have to be five digits. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they only number. use three. And, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, so you don't, you still got to get that in there. But, you know, just little things like that, because you guys are educating our clients along the way of what is needed in order to enact this transaction. Shit, it takes. Sometimes I get notification within 15 minutes of me sending that link that they're all ready to go. And you know, I've been doing my own thing for those 15 minutes. I haven't been shuffling paper back and forth and emails and, and forms and getting the form on file and making sure that I have all, everything covered. Yeah. It, it's being taken care of behind the scenes. So that that's wonderful. You know, that's to me, that's worth its weight in gold. So Andrew, I'd recommend that maybe, do you ever do fee increases? Um, yeah, occasionally, but Generally Do it at speaking. the increase. Yeah. Offer them a two tier. The credit card one, say, oh, you're free. And, and shoot high. Like say, yeah, due to whatever reason, just use whatever reason it is. And say, 
we're increasing our fees X percent, but we're giving you an opportunity to switch over this, this exciting new program we're, we're using. And you can get this discount if you go this method. And you never well, know. I, I think I like Greg's ideas. I, I think, you know, less options is better. So, you know, if we just on our onboarding, right, if we're bringing in X amount of customers a year, every year, we've got the, the natural. You must trend. do PAD. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to say you must do. I'm just going to say, so if you're ready to start, this is how you start. I'm not going to say you must do Say this is how okay, you get okay. started yeah. with us. And if someone pushes back and be like, hey, I, I don't do PAD. You know, I only do credit card. Maybe we'll accept it. But like the whole point will be, I'll just frame it as like, this, this, is, this is rather than the rule. Yeah, yeah, this is how we work. I won't, I won't offer the credit card. I will accept it if they push back, but I won't. I, oh, great. You're ready to get started. Perfect. This is how we do it. Go fill in this form. Thank you. That's it. Yeah. It's that simple. Light bulb and just he, went on. Yeah, for, no, for me, just, I'm thinking, why, why should I even offer them two options? Like you say, yeah. with new clients, this, this is how we do it. Yep. You know, you think of how many, you can sing a song now if you want. Um, this is how we do this it. Is, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, it just played in my head as I was saying it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, this is the way that I do business. If you'd like to do business with me, this is the way it's going to be. And and if, you know, I don't walk into the Apple store, look at a, a new iPad and, and then stand there and go, yeah, this is how I'd like to pay you. It doesn't really work that way. It's like, how would you like to pay? You know, it's, 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 you have limited options. Is that debit or credit? But you well, still have to pay. <laughs> you know, you don't just get to say, well, I think I'll pay you in 90 days or 30 days or whatever. And, and I think too I'm many surprised how few people push back on that, guys. I think that's the one thing that I agree. I think, especially in Canada now, that, that some companies don't accept credit cards and that's just the nature of it. And, and I think, I think there's a lot of people that are so used to it that it's like, okay, that's what they accept. They don't even realize they can challenge that. Like, I think, uh, and again, I, I like the, the mindset though. Of, I mean, at the end of the day, we want our businesses to be successful and get paid. And, and we, we just feel like at least give them the option, even if you have credit card and this and that, uh, like why not at least if you can even get 25% of your customers on PADs, there's a lot of businesses that would save thousands of dollars on that. Right. Mm -hmm. And because there's a lot of people and it's interesting, I, my team is quite young and, and I would say half of them, they're not into the credit cards and points. They don't like the idea of how carrying that, credit they just just they would much rather pay with their bank and and it's an interesting mindset for a, a younger generation to feel that way uh, but there's a lot of people that still actually would prefer to just to be from a bank account and and I know me personally paint and now I gotta figure out how to pay them I'm like just take from my I trust you you're gonna send me the invoice I'll review it or the statement you take it from my account that's that's a lot less work for me. Now I don't have to go there and, and pay at the till or go to online banking. And I'd, I would prefer as a consumer, I'd prefer pre-authorized debit because my intent is not to not pay you a certain amount of time. I just want to get in and out of there as fast as possible. Yeah. And putting it on account is the fastest. Yeah. Right. Lineups at the till in that certain, in that circumstance. And, and I think we underestimate that the consumers, like it's just that they're put, there's always this pushback. I, I, we don't experience a lot of that actually. I think the consumer is quite comfortable with it. And when that's what's presented, they just move forward with it. Well, especially- and I just thought of a, 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 another thing though, is that Andrew, what you can do is think about it when you're selling Dext to your clients and the concept of Dext, right? So they're on that. You send them their bill, it goes into their system. It automatically goes into QBO then it gets paid by Rotessa, which matches to that bill, lines up, and then it matches to the bank feed. So, well, Greg, what you just said, you just want it to happen. Don't worry, I'm going to pay you. Well, we can now go to that next level, automate the other steps for them. So not only are they going to get paid, um, they're going to pay their bill, the bill's going to get automatically recorded, and then it's going to show up on their bank feed and QBL. So they've done very little work mm -hmm. to get that everything recorded and get it paid. So as long as... As long as the client has the money to pay you, then it works very well. So that's kind of the mindset that I work with my clients is that, look, think of all the time that's being saved here. You well, know, and also you're just... I think with our client base, they're, they're, they're coming to us expecting us to guide them. 
mm. right? And to show them the way. That's why they're hiring us. They're not hiring us to give them 15 different options. They just want to be yeah. told how to do it. <laughs> they're like, yeah. help me figure this shit out. I don't want to deal with it. I, I'm in whatever industry I do, accounting, tax, numbers. I hate this shit. That's why I'm hiring. Yeah, I hear, right? I hear it all the time. And, yeah. 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 So just if we, and but for some reason, we have in our head, we need to give our clients options. Oh, mm -hmm. let me, we think it's making their life easier to give them options. Um, but it's actually like, there's so many books out there about how, and the reason that you see Megaloth CEOs wearing the same shirt every single day is so they actually have one less decision to make because our brain starts <laughs> to shut down after we make too many decisions. We have fatigue. So mm -hmm. let's, it's actually making it better and easier for our clients to go down to one decision. Like it's, it's not a decision, it's a process. And I'm here to guide you on that process. This is your first step. Your first step is go to Retessa, sign in and get me paid. Cause that's step one in whatever your process is. <laughs> exactly. I want to be paid. But that's I do really want to, the selfish motivation. It doesn't, don't, don't be, don't say well, I want to get paid and yeah. I want to get paid without having to pay the credit card company well, that's, minimum 3%, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take and that's exactly what I think. Well, while I'm doing it is yeah. go with Rotessa, go with Rotessa. And I, I think, Greg, what you just said, give them fewer options. I'm I'm thinking, you know, I've got some proposals hopefully going out next week for shit. Might be time to try it out and see what kind of pushback I get. Probably won't be much. Yeah. And if they want to do business with you, they're just gonna sign the dotted line. Yeah. And they're gonna say, Okay, I wait, I wait for the the form. In fact, what I what I like about it a lot is I have some automations that when they sign my proposal, it goes in and sets up a new customer in QuickBooks. Now I have that new customer in there with the very basics. It doesn't capture, like I, I'm, I haven't gone as far to capture everything, but I've got a lot. Well, now in Rotessa, I can quickly pull that customer in into Rotessa and send them an invitation within minutes of them signing that proposal. Yeah. I mean, that's like, is there any... Uh, thought of of getting sort of a zappier workflow that allows you to um, update Rotessa automatically when a new customer shows up in QuickBooks, let's say, not manually yeah. doing it, but well, and or you know what the other thing I'm wondering about for these few clients we do have who don't have money in their accounts, any thoughts about putting in messaging like, hey, we're going to be debiting your account in two days. Please make sure the money's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's something that we played around with and we've tried and, and again, some people and it's a feature that we have to kind of allow people to turn on and off as they see and they're comfortable with it. Yeah. Uh, and again, you don't want to be notifying those clients who, who are great every single month, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and every client is different with with how sensitive they are about that. Some people love it exactly like and again, our goal is we know if people get paid on time and for less money, we've done our job. And part of that is that notification process where, you know, what we've tried to do is, is be as reliable as we can. And, and, you know, payments is of all the, the cool apps out there and stuff. Payments is one where, I mean, I always say it's like a referee where if you don't notice them in a game, they've done their job and we're not talking with the referee. If you're talking about payments, usually it's messed up, yeah. right? You just yeah. want to get paid. You don't want to think about it. And we try to kind of live by that and, and uh, make it as, as easy as possible. So um, just to answer Brad's question too about that, we do have a Zapier integration too. So there's obviously unlimited- I haven't been paying attention, obviously. Yeah. So there, there okay. is that. And then we have the QBO and Zero integration as well. And, and uh, from a customer level, because it brings in all the contacts, we still have it that you manually select and you can either select all and bring them all in. So it takes, that's a good point. I do like that manual selection because if that customer chooses in my scenario, let's just say that I have to stick with it, then it's optional, but it does take no time. Like it yeah, really, and once it's it, in, it, on the browser sync too, and then it automatically yeah. syncs with your invoices. So yeah, auto sync uh, is, is wonderful because yeah, it's just, I send them the invoice and then I know it's going to get paid based on my requirements because you're controlling that for me. Um, yeah. As soon as you see a new invoice in there, it gets scheduled. And, you know, it took me a bit of time to get used to the clearance rules because oh. credit cards, especially they become faster and faster with QBO. If you get it in before 6 PM Eastern time, you get it the next day. 
QBO payment. So that's kind of a nice thing. You know, you do a bit, an invoice run, you know, the money will be there, but I've learned, I've just shifted it outward. Mm. It's like, it's no big deal. If I have to wait a couple of days, it's just changed the patterns of the cash flow, and, you know, it's going to show up, it'll be there. So you just have to think about it a bit differently, but to me, it's well worth it. It's, it's nothing you can speed up. It's nothing that anyone can speed up. I know um, some options that are out there, you can get paid faster if you pre-fund your account. So if you put a bunch of money in there, um, basically fill up the the account, they'll, they'll, they'll fund it faster. It's like, no, I'm not giving you my money before, you know? So I'm okay with with that. And that's the only thing that shifted. It was just a mindset shift. It was. Yeah. It used to be that I would time it so that um, su- subscriptions would go out at a certain time so that the money would be there at a certain time, which would be used for something else. It was all earmarking. And then all of a sudden, that five-day shift at first, I was like, wait a minute, I got to shift this around. But that was okay. We're accountants, right? We can figure that crap out, or at least we better. Right. And... That was this little bit of a shift. Yeah, I, I love your analogy though of the referee, like where like yeah. you don't hear about them unless you need to, which is a great exactly. analogy. And 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 to be honest, I I haven't even really looked at your Zapier integration because I've I've never really needed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that you like, I'm like, oh well, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> what well, does it do? The, the wheels are turning. Yeah. I'm like I'm like, well, maybe could we use this on the ones where when we do have um a failed charge so what kind of what are the triggers that you can have in zapier from rotessa yeah or is that do we need to bring your engineers in yeah i was gonna say i'm the non-technical founder uh you know what i haven't uh i haven't been in the zapier integration for a little bit um it would all you just know you have one yeah Yeah, exactly but uh i mean it's incredible how powerful that is in terms of just um, allowing for that flexibility in in the triggers. So uh, I'll, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Sorry, boys, I don't have that one. Up the it's top. all right. Would you consider yourself to be a tech startup? You know, we do. You know, it's funny. Where when I started this in 2010, like the the software side of it. I mean, if you would have said what's SaaS, I'm like, I I I don't know. Like SaaS, something you put on your pasta? I don't know. SaaS. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you would have asked me about you know, a lot of things in the last 10 years, you know, 10 years ago, um, you know, digital marketing and just, you know, our, our goal in the beginning was I, when I built the software, I brought on our, my business partner, who's still my business partner to this day. We're still bootstrapped and uh, we've, A, we've become, we were good friends before and we've become better friends through it, which I think is the most. Wow, that's, that's huge. Yeah, and it's is is been an unbelievably patient um, partner, as a silent partner, and just has believed in the process and and really thought long term about business. And and for a young guy, he's incredibly uh, wise in that. And for me to be a bit more emotionally invested in it, you know, there was times where it's like, is this is this gonna go? Um, you know, I remember early on, like the first year. I mean. It, it got to a point where, okay, we're going to give this a go. And then I had to back up and take full-time work somewhere else and just to pay the bills and not pay myself with Rotessa. And, and then it got to a point about uh, seven years ago where I was actually, I had an opportunity to have a really good job in, in Winnipeg, which is about 45 minutes from where I live. And, and uh, it was a great opportunity. I had a young fella um, doing the day-to-day operations. He was, a, we, it was just him in the office running a test at the time we probably had, I don't know, 60 clients or something. And, uh, and he ended up moving on and I kind of, we, I sat down and I was contemplating, I'm either going to just keep this job and drop Rotessa because I would just side hustling Rotessa in the evenings and weekends and the young family, it just became a little bit too much. Um, my responsibilities at my main job were quite, um, intense as well. And, and so when he quit, I said, well, I'm going to go one more run at this. And uh, fortunately, we just were able to hang in there long enough to get some traction in those in kind of year, you know, four or five. And uh, and we've just been able to get the ball rolling now. We're a team of, of 11 now and and uh, uh, feel really fortunate that I made that decision to keep at it because uh, it's, a tough, did. <laughs> it's a tough goal. Me too. 
real world. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's uh, it takes a lot on on yourself and on your family and and the time commitment and stress levels and health wise and so it's uh, it's been a, a an amazing journey. But there's been a lot of days where I was scratching my head thinking, what am I doing here? And and uh, <laughs> fortunately, it was maybe stupid enough to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's it like doing a, a tech startup in, in Manitoba? You know, is there a good community? Like I, I saw that you're out hiring for developers now. What's it like to, yeah. to, to hire developers? And, you know, is there, is there some more support out there um, from the, the startup community? You know what? Uh, so we're in Steinbeck, Manitoba. It's a, it's a third largest city in Manitoba that nobody has heard of. And, uh, we are about an hour from the city and there's a, there's a scene in the city, like a bold commerce. I'm sure you guys heard of bold. They're a Shopify app creator. They're, they're, uh, they've done super well. And, and there's other startups in, in Winnipeg as well. And there's just, there's a couple of us in, in Steinbeck. Um, one has recently uh, just got some funding, which is great. So we're cheering them on rocket res they're called. And uh, so we don't, I mean, there's not a scene here. There's not, there's no support. Right. There's, I mean, and that's the amazing part is because we didn't- No incubators or anything like that. No, no, no. And you know what? Fortunately, like just going to um, conferences online, there's so much great online content now too. If you, I mean, you got to sift through it, right? Like anything else. Um, It's like the accounts. You sift through it till you find your guy's show and then you realize you got gold. (laughs) (laughs) Right? <laughs> so, Andrew, we have to capture that. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, so there's, there's not, but you know what? I think we've hired local intentionally and we've had such great success with that. People want to stay in town. The fact that they don't have to move to the city to get a tech job, um, you know, something, you know, more of a startup culture where it's more relaxed and, and things like that, where, you put more emphasis on that. It, it's it's actually I think there's an advantage to being kind of in a place that's not have a big scene because we're not competing with anybody for for. In fact, I just got an email this week about a young man who's has still has two years of university, and it was a long email saying how much he would love to work at Rotessa and and he just heard about our culture and stuff. And I thought, man, we're we're fortunate that I mean, a because we're not VC based, we're not you know we don't need to hire 30 at a time, right? We're, right. we're just hiring a couple a year and we're just growing and, and we kind of have this draft and develop yeah. mindset with, with our talent and to say, let's get good people in this company and they can learn. And, and uh, a case in point, our lead developer, uh, his name is Joe and he's been with me six years. And when we hired him, we said, it was a big hire, right? It was our first, first development hire. We had outsourced the stuff and, we said, like, we think we have six months of work and he was a new graduate and didn't offer him very much money or nothing. He says, I'll do it. So he came on board and now we always laugh at. Yeah. It's like that six months of work was six years of work, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we our team and still not be on top of things, it feels like sometimes with all the ideas we have. But yeah. it's uh, we've been really fortunate to have good local and uh, just just super people. And, and that not just developers. We Our support team, our ops team is is uh, I feel really fortunate just to be around people that I like to be around, which is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's funny, we were talking with someone who, who had that sort of VC side a few weeks ago. Um, and I was like, honestly, tell me the truth. When you bring on that many people, how many of them are crap? Right? Like, like when you've got like to hire on mass, you're not getting top talent for every one of those hires there's just no yeah. way it is it's like uh yeah kind of yeah. <laughs> right like some of those are just you know fillers right you know yeah. you're hoping to get the best but when you're bringing on that many people there's no way you can right and, and you can afford to make mistakes quicker there too right like it, it the whole mindset's brute force right where yeah. you're just, you, you know you're gonna fail faster and and you're okay with that and, and again we have to be gracious with ourselves too it doesn't always work out um with our decisions and and um but i think we're a little bit more intentional and we don't it's not as we're, we're never always on that edge of that next race to the next round yeah. um we always said right from the beginning with my business partner like lifestyle is important to us um and uh fortunately we've been able to 
maintain kind of a balance between growth and, and still and get out and swing those sticks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My staff might say it's a little bit too much, but uh, I, I do tell them pretty. I'm working. I'm working. Honestly, <laughs> no, business they, development, they, business development. Yeah, no, no, no. They know I'm golfing. It's like they, they know. And it's, it's like, that's the deal. When yeah, summer comes that's, around. That's boss time. That's your yeah. time. But I do have another question for you that I, cause I know I see a lot of people in our community um, who have like an app idea or want to go into technology and, and build something. And I I've been through that um, thing. And, and to be honest, we weren't successful at it. We, we dumped a bunch of money into a product and we ended up having to trash it. Mm. Um, and we just couldn't get there. I'd love to know, like what challenges did you face as a non-technical person yeah. going and building a tech startup? Yeah, that's a great question, Andrew. Um, you know, early on, and maybe I was naive enough to not quite know what I was getting into as well. Like, and because we were trying to solve this one problem for school, like I mentioned earlier, and ended up kind of as kind of a, a secondary service, adding payments to it for, for, you know, anybody else that was experiencing the same problem. Um, I mean, we, we outsourced just to a, a local company in Winnipeg that first run and, um, and that was, I mean, in hindsight, wasn't the best choice, not because of them, just because knowing what I know, but it was at the time, it was like, we're dealing with bank information and we need to keep it safe and we need to do this legitimate. So we, and I didn't know any of that stuff. And it's like, here, we're going to hire out to a credible um, development agency. And, and, and again, if, if we hadn't started there, we'd never get to the next step. And, and yeah. I think we were super fortunate. Our, our second version of it, uh, I had a, a friend of mine that um, his younger brother, who I also knew um, was one of the top, he was in the first hundred uh, employees at Shopify and developer there and just an incredible talent. And uh, he built out um, and we're still on the rails that he built out. So um, he built out our, our system kind of um, as a version two a few years after the first version was put out. So, um, you know, I think, I think too that a big lesson is, is you get trapped into thinking like, you know, you have to raise and you have to go faster and you have to go bigger. And I think you have to kind of stay true to what your path is. I think in this industry, it is so aggressive and everything you read online, everybody's hitting home runs. It feels like, even though we yeah. don't know that nine out of every 10 don't. Yeah. You, know, you got a better chance of winning the lottery, buddy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. I think just staying true to kind of what success looks like for you. And I think that's something that um, I wish I knew that earlier on and, and was maybe a bit more patient with it, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy ride to be quite honest. And, and and fortunate to have some really good people around me on the tech side and and like i was mentioning joe like you know he's been you know incredible in terms of just committed to um rotessa and and not just because it's sometimes not a nine to five we're pretty fortunate where it's not like it's real time because once our batches are sent to the bank and everything's reconciled you know, our systems gets pretty smooth till the next day, right? Till we have to create the batch and do that whole scheduling thing and make sure we're hitting our deadlines there. But it's not like real time payments like credit cards for e-commerce. If that goes down, somebody has to fix that ASAP, right? Because people are losing money as anytime your payments are down. For us, we can, I mean, we never- You can still collect all the payment processing information and you maybe batch it a day later. So there's an extra day of settlement. not as as critical that way so i think that's been a i mean did i know that that was a benefit at the time i had no idea i just right. thought hey this is something that's a, a good idea right make it, it till you make it huh yeah, yeah no, it's, it's persistence and being prepared to pivot yeah. right which it sounds like those are the two things that you did you you persevered uh you put kept your nose to the grindstone yeah. you, you kept at it through those tough years because there's gonna be tough years right yeah. um and and when you saw the opportunity to pivot to more of a payments processing from effectively a collections thing yeah. you took the opportunity you seized it and um and you kept going and and i think you're you know i, I think at at the cusp of uh, you know probably even greater growth because 
I think certainly in in the accounting world, we're starting to realize how much freaking money mm. you know we see on our credit card or on our, our payments to our credit card processors every single month. That uh, this is this is big. This is you know a decent um, impact on our bottom line that mm-hmm. flows right to our bottom line, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's it's you know three percent more profit. That's that's yeah, not yeah. chump change, no. right? Um, exactly right. Yeah, and let me just add the people part too to that. Um, I was, I've been fortunate to surround myself with really quality people, and I could certainly can I can honestly say, guys, I know we always you know like I would not be here for those people around me too that believed. I mean, and that's been the most humbling thing of my journey is you kind of have this vision of what you know it could be, and I've always been a bit of a dreamer and and. Um, and to have other people buy into that vision, it's incredibly humbling. And uh, I've had, you know, fortunately, very low turnover with with team members and, and just feel like without them, I certainly, we wouldn't be where we are at today. So a lot of credit goes to them. Absolutely. Building that team is so critical because I know when we were going through it, it's, it's that like as a visionary and you've got this thing in your head, and you're just like, you, you just have everything in your head and you just assume everyone's thinking the same way you are. Yeah, yeah. And if they're not thinking the way you are, like Which they'll go out and code something that's <laughs> missing something that you were like, why isn't that there? Well, like, you didn't tell me that was there. Like, yeah, well, I just assumed you'd know it would be there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? totally. I, I remember those days and getting back a product. And and thankfully now everything is, is, is more on this agile development where it's like rapid development and things yeah. are releasing faster. But... You know, back in when we were doing our development and it was like, you'd wait months to get your thing and then come back and be like, no, this, this isn't what we need. (laughs) We we need this, that, and the other. Right. Um, And oftentimes, you know, uh, for me, I was also like developing code and not realizing what the impacts of all this was. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's not for the faint of heart. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people um, in our community who are like, oh yeah, I'll just go build an app. I'm like, Um, yeah, that's, let's assume that you can build it out. Now you got to go market it. Yeah. (laughs) And like, that's not cheap either. Right. And that, and that's honestly the tougher part, you guys, like you looking back, like this, you've heard it a million times, build it and they will come. Well, that was classic us in the beginning where it's like, this is so much easier than the banks. I couldn't even locally, I couldn't give the thing away because it's like, Hey, I didn't understand the whole life cycle, like just the payment process. Everybody's already has that. They're already getting paid somehow if they're already a business. Mm-hmm. So then you have to convert to some a new process, right? It's yeah. not like, hey, this widget's going to add thirty percent to this. It's like, no, you have to change it. So it, it's a longer sales cycle in payments, and payments are sticky. Fortunately, when you have customers, that's a great thing, but it's also really tough to get going because it is so sticky, and people don't like to change your payments unless they have to. Yeah. Um, you know, unless the referee screws up, like we talked about. <laughs> and then you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's happened. It's yeah. happened. I, I think I was with another tool a couple of years ago and, and they made a fundamental change that didn't fit the way I did business anymore. And I had oh. to say, uh, see you later, you know, yeah. and some people stuck around. Some people didn't. Some of my clients stuck around, some didn't, but yeah, there was that fundamental change in the relationship that did change. I didn't enjoy doing that because I was comfortable with yeah. using that tool for the way I was using it. And um, I mentioned to you, Greg, the other day and shout out to Tanya Hills. She told mm-hmm. me about it and she's been using it for how long? She's she's yeah. been using it as long as you've been using it, I think, yeah. just about. And yeah. she just spoke so highly of it and how great it worked. And uh, I finally mm-hmm. you know, took the plunge and it has been a pleasant transition. I now you'd have to pry me away from it. You'd have, you'd have to really screw up, Greg, for me to say <laughs> I'm gone. Because I I love not just the product, but I love the the flavor, the feel of your brand. I love mm. your social media presence. You've got wonderful people behind your Twitter accounts. Mm. They they're in my in the Get Into It group, and they contribute, and you have good content. And you know it's it's just a it's just a pleasant experience that why would I leave? The referee's been really, been a great ref. I like, I like the game you're calling. So 
Yeah, so that stickiness uh, point is yeah, doing a good job you. of maintaining it. It's crazy glue, I'm, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on that note, guys, time flies when you're having fun. Um, it's we're we're on the Thank hour. You so much, Greg. Yeah, and uh, Greg, it was it was uh, great having you here. Um, uh, I guess what's people are curious about Rotessa. What's the next best steps for them? Just go to rotessa.com and check it out. Yeah, check it out. You know, my email is greg at rotessa.com. I'm available. Feel free to shoot me a, an email if you have a question about it. And if I don't know the answer, I'll I'll send you the smarter people and the support. <laughs> uh, but but yeah. you go right to the boss. Yeah. That's yeah. You go right to yeah. the founder. There you go. That just shows you that service. So uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, Greg. That was a lot of fun. I got to, yeah, you know the the pleasure of speaking with you twice this week, and then you gave me some homework. And I, I will get that back to you. And I, I totally want to. I, those brands that I really believe in, it's never hard for me to, to, to help out because mm -hmm. uh, it's a two-way relationship. Um, so yeah, thank you. And next week we have um, Sal Zuby. Um, I don't know if you guys know Sal, but she's a, a really cool accountant out of Edmonton or a bookkeeper out of Edmonton. She's got a lot of really good things going on. She's got a really neat brand. Um, I hung out with her a bit in Edmonton a few years ago at the Get Connected conference. And I, I think uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation because I look forward to, to, to get to know her a bit more. So the Canadian theme continues. We're, we're doing another Canadian guest next week, but uh, yeah. Well, and nice. come hang out. I know Seth Feinberg was trying to get in a few times and Seth, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, leave you in the waiting room, but uh, come back and join us for the after show and we'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. Thanks guys. Appreciate it.